Welcome back to Felicity Was Here. I'm Heather. I'm Melissa. And I'm Dr. Joe. And today we are discussing Felicity Season 1, Episode 7, Drawing the Line, Part 1. And at the top of today's episode, we do want to give a content warning as we will be discussing sexual assault. So if that's something that could be triggering for you, you might want to rejoin us in a couple of episodes. Hey, ladies. So there's a a lot of boundaries being set and then crossed in this episode. It's definitely a dicey episode to watch and to talk about. It's it's a bit of a heavy one. We said that about another episode, but this one is worse. This is definitely a lot more sensitive. <laughs> that was that it's was heavy. A watch. It's yeah. heavy. Yeah. And part two is potentially even worse as we see the fallout. But just mm-hmm. to recap for everyone, since it sounds like we've watched these a few episodes ago or a few weeks ago, last week was Felicity's cheating essay scandal. Um, So she decided to rewrite one of Ben's papers and got them both embroiled in an academic investigation. Julie and the pink guy got closer and Blair pursued Elena despite her avoidant tendencies. So this week after the Ben essay fiasco, Felicity realizes that she's a meddler, but Blair recruits her to help Elena stay at University of New York. And Noel doesn't want to talk about Ben anymore with Felicity and decides he has to set a boundary for their friendship. And then the probably biggest piece of the episode here is Zach asks Julie to write music for his movie, but we know that things don't go in Julie's favor here. So let's let's go ahead and, and get into the episode. Um, I think, you know, all of us, we want to do our best to be sensitive to the topic, but also, you know, digest everything that happens in the episode and as always, just share our appreciation for the show. So we will do our best here. So for Drawing the Line Part 1, this episode actually opens with Noel, which I think is kind of a change-up. So I'm thinking we're going to maybe see a little bit more of his point of view in this episode. Normally we see, you know, Felicity recording a tape to Sally, but in this one, the the open is with Noel. And typically he's the floor shrink, but this time he's the one who's lying on the couch and divulging what's bothering him to his other RAs at an RA meeting. So he decides, yeah, like lying on the couch. That's so silly. Yeah. And so he's telling the other RAs that one of his advisees, quote unquote, advisees has a problem. So he says that there's this guy on his floor who is in love with this girl, has a real connection with her, but She's always coming to him with problems about another guy. And so he's seeking help from the other RAs on what he should advise his advisee to do here. And it's really cool to see some of the R- the other RAs. So Taraji P. Henson is actually one of them, looking so very young. <laughs> and apparently Astrid is also an RA. Like this, this girl's everywhere. With her knowledge of vocabulary and letters. <laughs> She loves she's, words. She's got to spread the word about words. <laughs> so when he tells the the other RAs about his advisee's situation, which is his situation, they say basically he's in the friend zone and he's got to draw the line. Yet he's got to tell her, hey, I like you, but I don't want to talk to you about this other guy anymore. And it's pretty obvious that he's got to draw the line. And this to me, I'm, I don't know if you all were a fan of How I Met Your Mother, but on that show, there was one episode about being on someone's hook where you're like, not ready to date someone right now, but you keep them around, you make them feel good just in case you want to date them later on. And so that kind of reminded me of this episode too, where it's like, you got to draw the line because it seems like Noel's kind of on the hook, on Felicity's mm-hmm. hook right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally, totally remember that. I like that show a lot. And 
that is exactly what I had in my mind too. So I thought that was pretty funny that you noticed that as well. Like that's exactly it. Have you guys ever had to draw the line with someone? Maybe. <laughs> I probably should have, but never did. Oh. <laughs> have you, Melissa? Um, I'm trying to think. I I feel like I've always had this one friend who's had feelings for me for so long, but I would always go to him for like relationship advice and to get help. <laughs> and that sounds terrible. But like oh, I told this friend like nothing would ever happen with us. Like I knew like I wasn't leading him on. Like I told him the truth, but he just I don't know. Maybe he just didn't get the hint. So he should have drawn the line. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> he should have drawn the line. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Some people want to be on somebody else's yeah. hook. That's true. Can't let go. So yeah, Noel Noel hears that he's got to now draw a line with Felicity. And after the intro, we do finally go back to Felicity and she's recording her tape to Sally. And she says, dear Sally, you want to hear a weird word, Budinsky. And she goes on to look in the dictionary and look at the definition of a Budinsky. And she tells Sally that it's a troublesome meddler. And she basically has now realized that she is a Budinsky. She is such a Budinsky. And that it's basically ruined her whole life. Uh, she says that she's pretty sure Ben won't ever forgive her for rewriting his essay, which I think that's kind of fair enough. Like, that's fair. She did a really terrible thing. And mm -hmm. if it was a week ago, he's going to need some time to get over it. Yeah. And usually I think she's being kind of dramatic when she talks. But I think that is, yes, a fair assessment, a fair thing to kind of think and wonder. I wonder if he'll ever forgive me. Maybe, maybe not. She's not exaggerating this time. No. But I do like that she's maybe showing growth. She's like, oh, yeah, this is a thing that I do that is not great. And maybe I need to change. Yeah, I think I still am going to call her out, though, because I think it's still about the relationship with him and not about actually hurting him and mm. all the impact that we talked about, like all that trauma stuff. And yeah, she doesn't get that. She's not a psychologist, whatever. But it still seems like it's still focused on what she needs and what she wants and not on him. And that's kind of important in a friendship that is mutual, you know, for both parties. And it just seems still really selfish to me sometimes in these early stages, you know, like in these early episodes, I think she will grow more later. Yeah. yeah. kind of. <laughs> I'm not seeing it just yet. It kind of comes across. This is the very first time that she's gotten into like a situation where she's hurt someone like this. You know, we don't know too much about her high school friendships or whatever, but. I don't think she yeah. had any. Yeah. I think this is like her first, like, almost adult issue in a friendship or relationship. So this is definitely a learning yeah. experience for her. And you're right, Joe. She is so focused on getting back to a good place with Ben so that they can progress their relationship rather than trying to fix the mistake that she made just because it was the wrong thing to do. You're right. And because it hurt him. Yeah. So then we go to Elena's room and she's on the phone with the financial office and Blair comes in, knocks on the door. He's got a present. He's gotten her this jazz record that she had been looking for and also got her a used record player so that she could play said jazz record. But she's very flustered. She's still on the phone. She's on hold. And she basically tells him she can't accept the gift because she doesn't know if she's going to be staying here. And Blair, of course, is super confused by this. Like, what are you talking about? 
And Elena's like, look, I got to go. You know, she doesn't really tell him anything. She just kind of pushes him out because she's on the phone and she's got to go. So Blair is left in this state of confusion and worry. And Elena's like pushing him away. And we don't really know what's wrong and why she might have to leave. But that's scary. I don't want to see her go. So I can see no. why Blair was like, huh, what's happening? So then in the cafeteria, we have Julie, Felicity, and Elena sitting down at the same table eating. And pink guy, Zach, comes up to their table. And he shares with Julie that his terrible film noir somehow (laughs) has been selected as one of a couple of student films to show this alumni who's at a talent agency in Hollywood who is coming to talk to his film school or his film class. And so he's going to get to show his terrible movie to this alum. (laughs) And he's really excited because other students in previous years had been signed to this talent agency before when their films have been shown. So like, they're all really happy for him, except for Elena. who's like, don't get your hopes up. (laughs) She's my girl. (laughs) She keeps it real. So Elena. Uh, And I mean, of course, she's dealing with her own thing. So of course, that's another sign of like, uh oh, something's going on with her dream of being here in New York. But it was also just so blunt and so Elena. It's so Elena, yeah. Even <laughs> yeah. without her dealing with stress, that's that's totally an Elena thing to say. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Oh, it'd be great to have some guitar stuff to add to a couple of scenes. And he turns to Julie and of course that means he wants her to do it. And so she's so excited and grateful and she says she's proud of him. Of course, she says yes, and they kiss, and he leaves. And after he leaves, Felicity's just kind of smiling and smirking at Julie because of the PDA. And, you know, they're just admiring the fact that they're in this, quote unquote, you know, such a great place. Julie really likes him, and she's really happy. But Elena, of course, (laughs) keeps it 100 and asks if they have screwed yet. And Felicity looks at her like totally appalled, like, oh, my God, Elena, you don't just ask people that. And she kind of apologizes to Julie for Elena's behavior. But Julie says no, that they haven't. So that's kind of the first insight into what has gone down between them so far, which is not much. And she seemed kind of hesitant, even with the kiss in a previous episode. Like that was Mm -hmm. kind of a big deal for her to even do that much. So it seems like she's definitely not. Yes, they absolutely did not screw yet. (laughs) That's not on her agenda. Yeah, I mean, the Halloween party, like, he kissed her, and she Mm -hmm. kind of freaked out about it. Got skittish, yeah, backed off. She seems to, yeah, not be rushing anything. Mm -hmm. And at the food lunch line is Ben, and so Felicity, even though she's at a table with her friends, she starts staring at Ben, and Julie sees her staring at him and asks, oh, what's going on with you guys? Are you... And Felicity says, screwing? No. (laughs) Which, she was very funny. And then she says, talking? Also, no. So (laughs) then, of course, she has to get up and go talk to Ben. So she goes over to him in the lunch line and he just kind of gives her the the cold shoulder. You know, he's like talking to her without looking at her. And really, she's like, oh, would you want to sit with us? He's like, no, I'm just I'm taking this to go. And he just abruptly leaves. So it, uh, yeah, did not go well. Her little interaction there with him. She's got to give him some more time. She's kind of pushy, but, you know. Yeah, she just wants to rush to the end where he forgives her and they're fine. Yeah. So Felicity goes to vent to Noel. So she goes to his room and he's just kind of spacing out as she's blathering on about Ben. And 
talking about how they were forming a real friendship before she did the cheating. And now Ben won't even talk to her and won't look at her in class. So after her diatribe, she's like, so yeah, Noel, if you have any advice for me. And at this point, he's remembering, all right, my fellow RAs told me that I have to draw the line here. So he gets up and he's like, I got to draw. And Felicity's like, what? What do you have to draw? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I have to draw a comparison uh, to a friend that I know and basically comes up with some some advice out of the blue so he was not able to draw the line but he tells her that she should go to ben's apartment and just say that she left something there left a notebook and then while looking for it she'll have more time for conversation with ben and felicity just loves that idea because of course like it's more lying and shenanigans so of course she loves that idea and so she gets (laughs) up and goes to hug noel as she leaves and she says noel you are just such a good friend i can't even stand it He's like, yeah, me neither. I just feel so bad for Noel because he is so sweet and he cares about her and he couldn't draw the line. And she's just like, you're such a good friend. Like, that's the last thing you want to hear if you like someone. Well, you know what? I don't feel bad for Noel because (laughs) he still has a girlfriend at this point. So why are we being so sad for him? Felicity is not with because also, he does like her. Because he does like yeah. her. He has feelings well, for feelings her. Feelings are feelings. We can't control that, I suppose. Right. But also, he should draw the line because if he's going to do this thing with his long-distance girlfriend, then he needs to do that thing with his long-distance girlfriend. And, yeah. You know, shut that shit down with Felicity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He No, he does need to draw the line. But I still, yeah, I feel so bad because she's just like oblivious in this in this moment. Like, you're such a friend well it's not up to her to read his mind and to know what he's struggling with and what he can tolerate or not tolerate it's up to him Mm -hmm. to verbalize what he can tolerate and not tolerate so she should be clueless we're not mind readers that's not how relationships work but he's told her multiple times that he has feelings for her it's not like it's been a secret okay we'll see (laughs) so then felicity goes back to her room (laughs) and Megan just like pounces on her immediately when she walks in and says, did you touch my box? And she's like, how did my box move? Did you open my box? What did you do with my box? And Felicity's <laughs> like, I didn't even know you had a box. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, well, this is my box. So did you open it? Did you touch it? And she's like, no, I, I don't even know anything about your box. And she's like, fine, I'm going to take my box with me. She's like, go for it. Um, so Megan thinks that Fel- Felicity's crossing this line and touching her box. And it's some much needed comic relief in here because Megan is so bizarre. But the box will actually become part of the broader storyline in the show. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, you know, on a deeper level, also kind of a metaphor for some of the other stuff that goes around. Like, this is mine and I don't want you interfering with it. And setting a hard boundary. Um, what it looks like to set a hard boundary versus versus just being paranoid, I guess, in this case. <laughs> She's a little over but the But you're top. right. There's a firm boundary. Do not touch the box. Yeah. Yeah. And you shouldn't touch other people's things without their permission. So that's that's a good life lesson. Don't, don't mess with anybody's stuff. <laughs> you didn't ask and you didn't get an explicit yes. Wow. I didn't even think of that, how this box is a good metaphor point. for the whole episode, pretty much. Dr. Yeah, that's a consent Ooh. thing. <laughs> so then at the next RA meeting, their RAs are sharing more advisee horror stories. And 
Noel, of course, brings up his quote-unquote advisee, who is him, uh, who had difficulty drawing the line. And they're all like, oh, God, like no one said drawing the line's going to be easy. You got to draw the line and you got to stick to it. So again, he's still just getting more advice and realizing that he's got to draw this line with Felicity. And nobody but can do it for him but him. No. And, that's and they're right. That is, it's it not easy. Sound hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. So for that, I have I have some compassion. Like that part of realizing I have to do this and that's a hard thing to do. That part I can I can relate to and understand. Or give him a pass on anyway. I mean, I can relate to having unrequited feelings too, obviously. Like that's <laughs> it happened in my life. But yeah, I'll cut him a little bit of slack. Just for a few minutes. Just a though. little. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> wow. I don't know why I'm so well, anti Noel like, right now, but I don't know either. Crabby <laughs> today. Is it because you is it because you haven't watched the episode in a few weeks? Did you forget? Russ. I don't know. Maybe I'm just seeing oh, him in a new light this round. And he's got such yeah. a beautiful moment at the end. Anyway, All we right. won't jump ahead. But but I Felicity... think an argument can be made that he's a little bit selfish, too, in a similar way that Felicity is. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where I kind of struggle, especially because I've, I've been watching the series more recently, you know, like through the third and fourth season now. And some of this feels a little bit less than altruistic. It feels a little bit selfish and a little bit like something else, something that's not 100% friend-ish. Mm-hmm. We, okay, we're going to get into it. I just, yes, I already can tell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I it's thought, and I already know that this episode's not going to go well. Um, no, it's okay. This is okay. Later, it's going to be wild. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not supporting all of his decisions and actions, but in this episode, well, anyway. We'll He's the least of our worries, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So Felicity does follow Noel's advice and goes to Ben's loft to find her notebook that she is claiming to have lost and she and ben look around a little bit he's just kind of throwing things around like oh yeah i don't know where it is he's just put out that she's really there and of course felicity uses this to bring up the fact that you know college is just so overwhelming and she's trying to explain her behavior from the past explain, excuse excuse tomato tomato yeah. i don't know exactly yes <laughs> Yeah, she's coming up with excuses for why she did what she did. But then she says she feels like she's grown up a lot in the past week. Whoa. A whole week. A whole week. And he's just like, well, that mm, good for you. That good for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, good. Yeah. Great. And then she just says, point blank, are you going to be mad at me forever? And he's like, I'm not mad at you. I'm nothing. And Mm. to me, that's so much worse because it's like being mad like that, I feel like is fixable potentially, but like being nothing about someone Mm -hmm. that's just like, well, what do you do with that? You don't even do anything to them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't even care enough about you to be mad at you. That's lower. Yeah. You're you're at the bottom rung there. Mm -mm. Yeah. That was come back from that slowly. Not not pushy. Yeah. Well, she realizes, okay, this is futile. I need to get out of here. And she just quickly comes up with an out and says she probably left the notebook at Julie's and she leaves. So she is upset, of course, and runs to Noel to verbally vomit about Ben again and just that it went so awful. Uh, But then at this point, Noel decides he does stop her. He's like, all right, just hold on a second. 
he's drawing the line. He's like, look, I don't want to talk about you and Ben anymore. I don't want to be your girlfriend. Felicity says, were you ever going to be my girlfriend? <laughs> but yeah, obviously he's like, you can't talk to me about Ben anymore. And I, we're going to disagree here, but I say good for Noel in this moment for sticking up for himself and yeah, setting a boundary. Like, you know, I have feelings for you and I don't want to talk about some other guy that you have a crush on. And yes, that's good that he verbalized that. And boundaries are about, and I have to talk to patients about this all the time. And I even have a book, but nobody's going to see it. So I'm not going to hold it up for you because, you know, this is audio. But anyway, boundaries are about us and our behaviors and what we do in a while. It's not about controlling somebody else. So mm. that is appropriate for him to say, this isn't a conversation. These aren't conversations I want to participate in, and I'm not going to participate in them. So it's not necessarily about controlling her bringing it up, but it's going to be on him to say, I said, I don't want to talk about that. So that is an appropriate kind of boundary setting scenario. In this case, he gave her this advice to go do this little, oh, I forgot my notebook thing. So, of course, she's going to report back to him. So, you know. Well, yeah. You, she you At this point, that. she doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. At this point, she doesn't know that yeah. he's got this pro huge problem. He kind of yeah. set those dominoes up for this to happen and for her to eventually come back and be like, oh, well, that notebook idea didn't work. Um, This is what's going on now slash not going on. So, but yeah, he's got a, the, the boundary is about your own behaviors and owning your own stuff and not controlling someone else. Yeah, that's fine. Well, and, <laughs> well, and, and I think. There's also, though, some selfishness in Felicity's behavior here because she then does get up to leave because she's, well, A, shocked because, yeah, she didn't realize this. Not used but to then being told she, no by him. Yeah, exactly. She's not used to being told no. And then now she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to go because I don't want to cross the line, which feels a little passive aggressive. It's like she's yeah, pissed that, that he did set a boundary. But also to me, it's like, Felicity, if you have nothing else to talk to him about except Ben, then maybe you are taking advantage of him and your friendship or it's just a one way friendship. Then like you are just there because you want someone to talk to about all this Ben stuff and have this verbal diarrhea all the time uh, <laughs> because then she like goes and looks for Julie. Like now I feel like she's just like, oh, well, I can't talk to Noel. Like, Where's Julie? Where's Elena? Like she's just like, I need to talk to someone about this Ben stuff. Yeah. And it's less about my friendship with Noel who mm -hmm. is my good friend and I listen to his problems he listens to mine like it just feels very one way because he's oh I'm the floor shrink I'm the RA and I'll right. listen to you talk about him ad nauseum which is wild because it wasn't too many episodes ago that she said that she could talk to him about anything and he was like the best part about one of the best things about being in New York so it, I, I wonder about what that was like before we got into this territory if it had always been this way or if it just intensified because she had created this really big problem with Ben. I feel like we so saw a lot of their conversations the about her her parents and her being at school. Like he was there for her when her parents visited. So when was she there for him? Right. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I'm just saying like not every single one of their conversations has been about Ben. No, but it's been about her. Yeah needing something from him and part of it is his role as the ra but she yeah. also identified him as an actual friend yeah. like maybe her best friend okay what does that look like again i don't think she knows because she doesn't have a lot of friendship mm -hmm. experience it sounds like so i guess more learning needs to happen but yeah if she has to leave the room because she doesn't want to cross the line it's like really you can't think of anything else to talk to him about except for ben 
Yeah, um, I think she just was like kind of shocked and yeah. didn't know how to react and emotion mind took over and she <laughs> she acted on that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then Felicity runs to Julie, Julie's room, but she is she's got her guitar and she's just heading out of her room right now to meet up with the pink guy so that she can start recording some of the music or playing the music for him. Um, so she can't really talk right now. And Felicity's like, oh, that's fine. We'll talk later. But then Felicity says that in a very cringy, in hindsight, it's very cringy. She says that she's really jealous about her and the pink guy, but in the best way possible, just because they're so happy and they have this whole thing together. She's jealous because she wants that. But obviously this comment does not age well and you don't know what will happen in the future, Felicity. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's okay in a way, though, because it kind of just goes to show that. You can't you can't predict things like this all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not always really, 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 really obvious. And it can yeah, it can happen to anybody anytime mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it, it may look good on the surface and then it doesn't. Yep. Yeah, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So then Blair is walking around and sees Elena sitting on a bench outside of financial services and she's like shuffling through some papers and gets called in. And so this is in slow-mo, and so we know that there's something to be concerned about here just because it's in slow-mo. Um, so then he goes to talk to Felicity, basically, and s- to see if she knows what is going on with Elena, but neither of them know. And you know, Felicity just says, yeah, I don't know. She's been acting really weird, though. And Blair says that the harder he tries to find out, like the worse it gets, that she just keeps pushing him away. And so they start to bond over their shared situations, her with Ben and him with Elena. And so they actually have a little meeting of the minds in the cafeteria and Mm. sit down together. And they kind of have a little like, I don't know, they like pump each other up a little bit. Like they're like, oh, man, like you're so cute. I don't know what, you know, why he's not into you. And like, oh, but you, yeah, you're gorgeous and you're so smart. And if Ben's not with you, then he's an idiot. And it's just... It's really cute because they're both just like, I don't know why these people don't like us or are pushing us away. We're great. (laughs) But basically, Felicity tells Blair not to worry about Elena, not to take things that she does so personally. She's like, look, I work in the admissions office and there could be all kinds of reasons, you know, why she might be there and why there might be a little bit of trouble. And at that, Blair perks up a little bit. He's like, oh, you work in the admissions office, huh? And she's like, well, I, I can't look at her file. And he's like, okay, but like, she might have to leave. Are you know, are you sure? He's like, well, I would never ask you that. But then he's like, but could you? <laughs> he's like, oh, but could, you, could you go look at her file? Felicity just doesn't want to be a Bedinsky. And I appreciate that she's actually trying here to like stay out of other people's business because she realized she made a mistake. But Blair just kind of keeps egging her on. I don't think he had to try that hard. Probably not. She seems like she's always on the edge of wanting to be a Budinsky, so I don't think he had to exactly twist her arm. But it's interesting that she said, you know, don't take things so personally. There may be, you know, a whole bunch of things going on. And she doesn't have the insight to see, like, what else could be going on with Ben? Like, it's not just about me. Like, there's some there's some stuff there, you know, like feelings, thoughts and feelings of his own. that <laughs> Maybe she could have explored what? instead of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, who would have thunk it? So that's interesting that she can apply that insight elsewhere, but not kind of reflect like, oh, 
this is some uh, some kind of repair that isn't just going to be like oh a week passed and now he should forgive me like have a conversation you know or you know make an attempt at that and not just like um are we good that even Blair points that out is like yeah like you tell me not to take it personally but you do with Ben and she's like well but that's me and Ben <laughs> like there we're a no whole different we're a whole different situation yeah yeah I always oh. read into everything he does and look where it got you mm-hmm there is no me and Ben. There's, you think he, there's nothing. He is nothing at there's, you. That's there's what you? you've got. And then Ben's way over here in the other end. <laughs> yeah. So good job, girl. Mm-hmm. And then later on, while Felicity's sleeping in the middle of the rainy <laughs> night, she kind of rolls over and sees Megan is standing over her with her box again, asking, did you look in my box? She's like, did you pick it up? She's like, no, I didn't touch your box. I didn't pick it up. She's like, did you shake it? She's like, how could I shake it if I never picked it up? So Megan's freaking out about her box again. And Felicia's like, say that I did pick it up. Then what? Like, who cares? You know, like, just leave me alone. And, and Megan's like, all right, well, I'm buying a fingerprinting kit. <laughs> and she leaves. So she's convinced that Felicity's looked in her box. But now Felicity is up and she's all riled up in the middle of the night and frustrated. And so now she bursts into Noel's room. He's sleeping. So she wakes him up now and she's right. outraged at him that he drew the line. Who are you to draw a line? You can't just draw a line like this. And Noel's, you know, waking up, but he's like, well, what are you, you're, what are you going to force me to talk about Ben? She says, no, but you're happy with this, with a conditional friendship. And Noel's like, look, I'm setting one boundary here just one she's like well what about hannah like hannah still exists and he's like yeah mm -hmm. i still do have a long distance relationship and it's complicated but it doesn't change the fact that you know i have feelings for you and she's she just says like noel you keep doing this you keep saying that you're fine being friends with me but really you have all these deep feelings for me going on in the secret and and I was like, hello, that's what you're doing with Ben. No insight. You, you say you're just friends with Ben, but then you're like doing his homework for him and following her around like a lovesick schoolgirl. Just like, well, you know what? Maybe I am some lovesick schoolgirl. And then she storms out. I'm like, Felicity, I don't think that's the burn that you think it is. <laughs> like, Yeah. And again, I mean, he's not wrong, but she can't take that feedback and kind of do something with it. So again... I'm not seeing the growth here. She's just very defensive right now. And that's okay. She's she's young. She's processed that many times. She's her frontal lobe's not developed. Frontal so. lobe isn't there. <laughs> so yeah, emotion mind is taking up tons and tons and tons of space. And rational mind does not have any any room to shine at all. Rational mind left the building. Just like she left Noel's room. What can you say about Felicity? <laughs> Sometimes she's just too much. Yeah. But he said that they have an open relationship. I don't think he said all that. I think he did. Um, he said that, that was... they they said they could see other people, and that's been hard on him. That's what he said. Just seems it seems kind of a little blurry. I don't think it's an open relationship. That seems a little. I mean, bit you say we can see other people. To me, that sounds open. <laughs> okay, I think maybe some assumptions are being made. No, I'm just going by his word. I don't know about what that. he said. <laughs> I think there's some inferring made, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll get there when we get there. Well, that's the only info I have to go on. So in my mind, he's free to date her, but doesn't. So she anyway. She doesn't want to date him. I know. She doesn't. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, then we're at Ben's loft and Blair is hanging out with Ben now and Sean and they're playing Sean's new, his latest invention slash game, testing it out for him. But Ben asked Blair if he talked to Elena and he says no, but that Felicity is helping him out with that. (laughs) And Ben's like, oh, Felicity, great. That'll be great. But Blair backs her up. And he's like, you know, she might be trouble. Like, I know you might think she's trouble and she might be trouble, but she's got a good heart and I like her. And I'm like, well, that was really sweet. And he kind of has to her... defend her yeah. because he's kind of making well, her partners in crime now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's an accomplice. Um, yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think he'd be saying that, that she's got a good heart and all this if she almost got him expelled out of school or fail a class or something. You know, it's. It's nice to back up a friend or, you know, your partner in crime, but the real life consequences were pretty big. And if you're not the one experiencing that, it's kind of hard to sit there and be like, well, she's she's got a good heart, you know, mm-hmm. cut her some slack. And we might be wondering, wait a minute, how did Blair get there? Why is Blair there talking with Ben? They're not friends. Well, there was a party there. Yeah. And now everybody's welcome. That's true. Blair, maybe they already knew each other because Blair was at his Halloween party. And maybe Sean likes to have people over as, like, test subjects for new products. (laughs) He probably is, like, he's always trying to put his inventions in somebody's face. So maybe he he likes having um, all these college kids over at his house to, like, you know, test out new new stuff. New customers. So then we get to another RA meeting and Noel shares that his advisee drew the line, but the girl got pissed off. And so they're like, well, yeah, that's what happens. But he's like, yeah, but, you know, he's thinking about redrawing the line. And they just explode. They're like, no, 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 no. You can't. Like, he can't do that. You risk then her drawing her own line. And they're like, wow, this guy is a huge idiot. And Noel's like, oh, yeah, he's a real idiot. <laughs> Which is like, Noel is, yeah, he's just really funny in this episode. And So now we know he might be redrawing the line, which I don't know what that would even look like, but he's thinking he's going to somehow fix this and and she won't be pissed at him anymore. But sometimes people got to let others have their feelings and just be mad for a little while. Yeah. You know, that may have prevented some other stuff. (laughs) Well, in later scenes, you know, if you just let her kind of cool off a little bit and just let it lie for a minute. Mm -hmm. Escalating, essentially. And so then now we go to, I think it's Julie's room and Pink Guy's there and she's playing the guitar and playing some of the songs for him for his movie. Um, And in the middle of her playing, like she's earnestly like playing this song for him for his movie that he supposedly cares about. And he interrupts her while she's playing the song for him and starts kissing her. And it starts to get a little heavy. And she repeatedly tries to get him to slow down, moving his hands away, and eventually does say, like, hey, Zach, let's go slow. And he says sorry, and he kind of gets up and does move away from her. But you can see on her face that she's unsettled. Mm -hmm. Um, And definitely took too much effort for him to finally back off. Like, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to do that repeatedly. And they call it enthusiastic consent. And that was not right. Yes. Right. It's not just no means no. It's now it's enthusiastic. Yes. Enthusiastic consent. Yeah. That is clearly not what was going on. Nope. So this is potentially a sign of things to come. If you're 
watching this for the first time, but also I think, well, we can discuss later, but I think this could also be where people would be like, well, she should have known, looked what happened this other time. But it's like, well, he did stop at this point, right? Like eventually he stopped. So I think a lot of women tend to then justify things in their head like, oh, well, maybe I'm being sensitive or maybe this or maybe that. And I just don't think it's that easy for people to like hindsight's always twenty twenty. So we are seeing a, a little bit of a shift in him, but it's nothing like overtly violent or, you know, like forceful at this point yet. Yeah, not violent, not threatening, not right. co- like overly coercive. It's just it was an uncomfortable situation. They navigated out of it. It stopped. So, yeah, it's but hard to She's imagine, still uncomfortable. You know, mm-hmm. Right. She's still uncomfortable. And that's really not OK. You know, mm-hmm. people shouldn't be feeling uncomfortable in relationships. They should feel safe. Mm-hmm. So then uh, we switch back to Felicity and Blair and Felicity's done her recon in the admissions office and Mm -hmm. we see her telling Blair with some papers what's going on. And so then we follow Blair to Elena's room and she looks like she's already packing up her dorm room, which is sad. And Elena, you know, starts to tell Blair some story about her dad traveling and oh, he didn't get the tuition paid on time. And now they're saying, you know, like she's trying to come up with this story about what happened. But Blair says that he already knows what's really going on, that her scholarship didn't actually come through. And her dad doesn't make enough money to help, but also makes just enough so that she doesn't qualify for financial aid. And Blair says that there's actually a really specific scholarship for someone just like Elena. It's for a black woman from New York or New Jersey who's pre-med, moderate to low income with one parent or a single parent and going to a New York college. And he says, like, it just happens to be available. It didn't go to anyone this year. So this is available for you. And Elena's like, moderate to low income, single parent. Like, how do you even know that this applies to me? And Blair admits that a friend, one of her friends helped him. And she's like, tell me who, who looked at my file? And he says, it's Felicity, but she's just trying to help. And Elena is rightfully angry (laughs) because, again, a line was crossed here. a huge violation of privacy. Yeah, exactly. A line was crossed again. And so she's pissed and she goes to leave. And Blair's like, you better call this woman at the scholarship, though, because you need this and and we all want you to stay. But, yeah, she's understandably pissed at Felicity now. So then at work at Dean and DeLuca, uh, Noel decides to visit Felicity, <laughs> thinks this is a good time to chat about redrawing the line. But Felicity isn't having it. She says, like, you can't just now redraw the line after you've already drawn the line. And really, the line isn't the problem. It's a symptom of some fundamental discord. <laughs> and she says, look, you were right about me not talking to you about Ben anymore. And Noel's like, no, you know what? Like, he's going to redraw the line. He's like, yeah, no, you can come talk to me about Ben. You just can't talk to me about Ben and sex. Like, if it's you and Ben and sex anywhere in the situation, like, I can't hear about it. But otherwise, yeah, feel free to talk to me about Ben. And now Felicity says that she's got to draw the line. He's scrambling now. (laughs) But we don't know what Felicity's line is because Elena comes in and interrupts both of them and starts yelling at Felicity for looking at her file. She's pissed. She says she doesn't need a scholarship. That is based on how much money she has or that's like based on her race. 
And she says, do you know where I went to high school? She went to this fancy prep school in Westchester where the kids had nicer cars than the teachers. And she says that she was there because they paid for her to be there because she's low income and because she's black. And Felicity says, yeah, but you're also smart. And Elena says that it didn't matter that everyone just saw her as basically a diversity, a diversity case. Right. And she's like the scholarship that she was supposed to get for UNY was based on merit and that that was a promise that she made to herself that she wouldn't be a cliche and she basically doesn't want to hand out. So then she leaves and things don't get resolved with Nolan Felicity either because now Felicity's upset and just kind of walks away. So I can I can kind of understand Elena's point here. Obviously, I'm a white woman, so I will not understand the position that she's in. Like, I think that's her choice and decision, and I would respect that if that's what she wanted. These days, I think there's, you know, still this discussion around affirmative action, and, and now it's, you know, in the Supreme Court, and things are getting overturned, and it's just like, I can't believe 25 years later, like, we're still having mm-hmm. this discussion. Yeah, I remember um, I am a woman of color. <laughs> And I remember talking with the guidance counselor in high school, and she basically told me to not even bother applying to the university I did end up going to because it, I probably wouldn't get in and to apply to this lower standard university. And I was like, great. <laughs> so, you know, fast forward, I have a doctorate now, so joke's on you. Exactly. <laughs> I can do things. But that that was painful. That was awkward. <laughs> Yes. And it did. That stayed with me. That is a painful thing that I had in my head. And it's like, am I only here because of that? Or, you know, am I good enough? And that's that's a hard thing to to sit with. Obviously, I'm smart enough because I did get a doctorate at some point (laughs) that happened. But at the time, you know, going through school, it's like, why am I here? Is it is it because I deserve it or because it's a diversity thing? Is it some mixture of both? And there's a lot of insecurity there. So I'm glad that they they talked about that in the episode because that's that's a very real feeling and it's it's painful. Yeah. So then because, you know, Noel didn't get things resolved with Felicity at Dean and DeLuca, he goes to the next RA meeting and again brings up the guy and tells them that he redrew the line. <laughs> and they're they are just all in disbelief. And Astrid's like, all right. This isn't just any friendship. Like, there's something deeper here. And she turns to Noel and she's like, look, quit playing games and just be honest with her. Like, you just have to be a good friend to her. If anything is ever going to happen, it'll happen. But only if you are still friends. And so at this point, Noel's like, oh, the jig is up. (laughs) And he asks all the other RAs, like, did you always know it was me? And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. They knew the whole time. So yeah, it, it's cute that they played along for at least a little while. But yeah. And that's some good comic relief, too. We need a little levity here and there. Yes. And yeah, because now it, it gets more serious. So then we see that it's dark back at the dorms and Julie and Zach come back in the hallway. They're kind of like stumble a little bit up to her door and they're like laughing really loud. And I think he's got a beer in his hand, too. So think the impression here is that they've been drinking a little bit but as she unlocks her door she tells Zach like this was really fun recording the music hanging out and then coming back here and he kisses her and they you know go back into her room and close the door that's all we see of the situation thankfully 
So then in Elena's room, she's still packing and Noel knocks on the door and comes in. And he said like, hey, you know, obviously I heard you talking to Felicity at Dina DeLuca and, you know, you're under this impression that, you know, we all thought you were rich or you're not as rich as Felicity and all of her friends. And he's like, but here's a little bit more about me. And he explains that he got a scholarship from his high school, but it was only like a thousand bucks. So barely anything. Um, That'll be like one semester of books. (laughs) And that he applied for a bunch of grants, got a few of them, again, just a drop in the bucket. He said he took out massive loans. They're going to follow him till he's till 30, but I would argue probably later. And, and that he begged a bunch of companies for corporate sponsorships. And he said, like, he had absolutely zero shame in trying to find all these different ways that he could pay for college. Because um, he said he figured no one was going to judge him on how he got through college, but they might judge him if he didn't go at all. And he tells Elena, like, I know you thought I was rich, but I'm not. And here's the thing, like, no one really cares how you pay for school. But the kids who didn't get into UNY, they would absolutely hate you for your attitude right now. And she kind of smiles. And as he gets up to leave, he does say, like, look, I'm not going to pretend that I've gone through all the things that you've gone through. Said, But if there were a scholarship for white Irish Catholic kids with preppy clothes and web pages, I'd grab it. Absolutely no shame, like no hesitation. And so she kind of laughs at that and that and and he leaves. And that's my hottest null moment <laughs> of the of the episode. Just his little speech, because she's like, you're giving me a speech. He's like, well, it's a speech kind of moment. And he's got the great lighting on his face. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's my favorite null moment is him giving his big null speech again. And this feels like a building of a genuine friendship where it's not Mm -hmm. about some underlying affection or something. It's just a genuine regard for the other person. And that feels a lot more legit than some other friendships. But that's all I'll say. No, it's true. And I also feel like this is like we obviously know a lot about Felicity's life. And we're hearing now a little bit more about Elena and also Noel in this episode. Like we don't know a ton about their lives Uh, We know a little bit now about Ben's father and his relationship Mm -hmm. with his parents and why he's wanted to leave. But I feel like this is the first episode where we might be digging a little bit deeper into both Elena and Noel and where they come from and what their lives were like. Like we know that he had a long distance girlfriend named Hannah. But other than that, like I feel like we don't know much about his family or where he's come from. Mm -hmm. So I liked being able to hear a little bit more about both of these characters in this episode. Mm hmm. Yeah, build build those characters, build those layers, pull back some layers. Yeah, that was, I think that was really good. And so then after Noel leaves, Elena puts on the record that she got from Blair, her jazz record, and she fishes the scholarship details out of the trash. And we see her kind of flattening it out on her desk. So like, okay, she's going to take a look at it and learn more. So very hopeful there. And the next, I think the next day, Elena goes up to Felicity in the cafeteria and says that. She's like, well, I thought it was kind of stupid to just blow off this scholarship without learning more about it. Plus, he's like, oh, well, yeah, that's fair. I I agree. That sounds good. And so Elena says that she did call the woman who runs the scholarship, Dr. Simmons, and says that she was she's a really impressive person. She was one of the first black women to graduate med school in New York, and she graduated second in her class. And basically, Dr. Simmons, they talked and she offered Elena full tuition, no terms whatsoever. But Elena said that she wanted to add her own term, that she wanted to pay her back in full. But Dr. Simmons wouldn't accept that. But instead, she just said, basically, pay it forward. When you become a doctor, 
we want you to return the favor and offer this scholarship to someone else. And Elena agrees to that. And so Felicity's just kind of like nodding and listening. And Elena says, so thank you. And I thought that was really sweet because I feel like she doesn't get very emotional and Mm -hmm. she's very proud. And so I feel like it probably took a lot for her to, in that moment, like admit, okay, thank you for doing all of this. Even though Felicity, again, did cross a line and a big Big boundary here. So like, you know, she says, oh, yeah, you're welcome. And then as Elena walks away, Felicity turns around and Ben appears and he says, hey, Blair told me what you did, you know, to help Elena. That was really cool. And this time. Then they, yeah, this time. Yeah. So then they actually go and sit together. So it looks like somehow Blair's words had an impact. And now Ben is potentially open to repairing Softening. a friendship. Yeah. Softening a little bit. He's at least talking to her. So this time, being a Badinsky did turn out okay for Felicity. And for the other person she Badinsky'd, yes. more importantly. The Badinsky-y. Yes. <laughs> and I think that exchange that Elena had with Dr. Simmons, that was another example of setting boundaries. These are the terms that I find acceptable. This is how I want to participate in this transaction we're, we're doing together. So that was another good example of, of boundaries. That is such a good point because that was like the promise she made to herself. She did not want a handout, right? Right. You're so smart. <laughs> I just noticed it right now when you were describing us. Oh, oh, <laughs> there it is again. It, they they sprinkled it. So it's yeah. not me being smart. The writers did a good job and maybe they didn't know they were doing it, but I see it. I see what you did there, writers. Yeah, I mean, you discovered the box metaphor. Like, I don't know. <laughs> You're smart. Ugh. So then our last boundary here, this is where it gets pretty, pretty tough in the show, not just the episode, but Felicity goes to Julie's room because she was not in class and she's like, hey, are you okay? And Julie's like folding some laundry and just kind of very dismissively says she's fine. And then Julie says like, hey, do you remember that sweater that you borrowed? Can I have that back? And Felicity's like, sure. Yeah. And she's like, are you sure you're okay? Like, you seem like you're being a little short. And Julie kind of bites her head off a little bit. And it was like, I just want my sweater back. Like, it makes me feel good and I want it back. And then Felicity also bites her head off. I was like, okay, great. Well, then give me my Sarah McLaughlin CD that you borrowed and we won't owe each other anything. Julie's like, yeah, cool. Fine. It's over, it's over there. Grab your CD. And so Felicity could tell, like, something's up. This is a weird situation a weird conversation that we're having and so as she goes to get that sarah mclaughlin cd she sees that julie's sheets are in the trash and so that's a big 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 red flag and so she presses her again like what's going on and julie says that her and zach came back to her room last night and felicity says did you sleep with him and julie says that he was pretty aggressive and that he just fell asleep when he was finished, rolled over and fell asleep. And I thought that that was very careful language there from the writers. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. fell asleep when we were done. It was when Mm -hmm. he was finished. And that Mm -hmm. is such a big difference. That's a difference. Yeah. And so then Felicity says, Julie, he didn't. And it's, yeah, it's almost like the R word, right? Like, we as women mm-hmm. don't even want to say that word. Like they both are kind of dancing around the word and what yeah. happened here. 
And Julie says that she just sat in her chair all night and then says that she doesn't know why she's so surprised. She's like, I don't even know why I'm so surprised. And Felicity so says, sad. but you didn't want to have sex with him. And Julie says, no. And then Felicity says, did you tell him that? And Julie nods. And that's the end of the episode to be continued, which is really heavy. And I'm, yeah. It's my, really, yeah, really, my, my palms it's are upsetting. all flammy. Yeah, it's upsetting. Yeah. Next week, obviously, we will see the fallout of Julie's rape and how she reacts and how Felicity and her friends uh, try to rally around her and support her however they think they can. But I think to talk about this episode specifically and not get ahead of ourselves, I think something mm-hmm. that this episode does very tactfully is not sensationalize the moment um, that it happened. I think there are so many shows and movies these days, even like Game of mm-hmm. Thrones, that use really graphic violence against women mm-hmm. for entertainment. And I really appreciate that they didn't show it happening. Like, yes, we got a little hint of it earlier in the episode, but I'm I, like, we don't have to see it all happening to understand what what the heck happened, right? Mm-hmm. And I also think that. This is a very realistic situation. Like we talk a lot about how we feel like Felicity is pretty relatable. Uh Um, And Zach was someone that Julie had been out with multiple times. Like you would maybe even say that they were in a relationship. I don't think they were dating other people. We never really saw like a define the relationship moment Mm -hmm. on the show. But, you know, he showed signs of being a little aggressive before, but he did slow down. And I think there's a tendency to blame people who have experienced sexual assault and they even blame themselves. Like, well, I should have known because he was kissing me too much before. Like, I think there's so much, you know, she's already saying she isn't sure why she's surprised that this happened. Like she's already blaming herself. And so I think Mm -hmm. this is just a very realistic situation. Like it's someone that she knew and she's already, yeah putting blame on herself. And I don't recall the exact numbers off the top of my head, but it is far more common to be assaulted by someone you know versus being assaulted by a stranger. So when you look at sexual assault as a whole, the percentage that you can attribute to known assailants is mind-blowing. It's so high. Yeah. I, I looked it up before this episode. It's 77%. Yeah, yeah that's high. That's yeah. not the, you know, the boogeyman in the alley type of trope. It's it's not. And that is scarier. When it's people that you trust or think you can trust, so you sh- would be surprised. And then you have someone like Pink Guy, for example, who doesn't really seem overtly aggressive for the most part. Non-threatening. Yeah, kind of inept at dating. <laughs> yeah, there's no, it doesn't, there's not a stereotype. There's no single profile. Like, Yeah, and I, this might be a little bit more in the next episode, but I do appreciate too that in the show they unequivocally say, Despite the fact that they were dating, despite the fact that they were drinking that night, despite the fact that she didn't scream or fight him off like this was rape. And Mm -hmm. we'll get into that more next episode. But I think for me, I was in middle school when this show came out. And I think it was just really, really powerful for young people growing up to see this portrayal. The idea of date rape, I think, was just starting to kind of become a thing when we were younger. Like, most people thought of it, thought of it like you said, like it's a stranger in a parking garage who attacks you and rapes you and walks away. But it's like, no, it, most of them happen with people that you know. And so I think this shit, like this stuck with me till mm-hmm. till today even. Like, But when you're going to college, this is something that you have to be aware of and concerned about. 
And yeah, women, we're pretty much scared all the time that this is going to happen. And so I think it's just a very realistic portrayal in this in this episode. So typically we ask, you know, if this episode or if Felicity still holds up today. And I'm actually very surprised that something from 25 years ago was handled this in such a sensitive way, um, in yeah, such a I'm careful impressed. way, caring way. I wish that this part of the show wasn't still relevant, that we were like, oh, wow, that right. used to happen. Unfortunately, it is still something that we are working through as a society and need to understand better. I mean, I think about the Brock Turner case that was just a few years ago. Like he only went to jail for three months for assaulting a woman in college. <laughs> and that was an already rare case of someone being prosecuted and then also convicted. But then he only got three months. He was only in jail for three months. So I think so many excuses are made for the perpetrator. But I think what this show shows is that sexual assault and rape ruins lives. Um, this might be a tiny spoiler alert, spoiler alert, but Julie is never the same after this episode. And justifiably. But like they, they keep it real in this show. and. Unfortunately, yeah, it is something that we all have to think about. And I do appreciate that about the show, that it wasn't like something like an after school special where things just got resolved in one episode or two episodes like this did stay with her because it does stay with people. Mm -hmm. Well, this is definitely not the end of Drawing the Line. Part two is coming next week, where, as I mentioned, we're going to get a little bit more into the aftermath of what happens to Julie. So again, you know, there will be continue to be trigger warnings and content warnings in the next episode, but we will again, try to handle it as carefully as we can. This week for our hay counter, we only had 10 hays. I think whenever people are fighting, there tend to be fewer hays because they just right, yeah, we get right to the before. point of they're like, what did you mean by that? How dare you draw a line? So fewer hays this, this week, but it's like half of our record so far. So yeah, we'll we'll keep counting the haze. Hopefully there's also some more comedic relief. But I think, yeah, next couple episodes are going to be pretty serious. So we're hoping to talk everyone through it as we continue on. Thanks for joining us this week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Felicity Was Here is produced, written, and edited by Heather, Melissa, and Dr. Joe. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Felicity Was Here Pod. If you're enjoying the pod, please leave us a review and help us spread the word. We appreciate you and would love to hear from Felicity superfans like us. So send us your feedback, ask us your burning questions, or just say hey at felicitywashearpod at gmail.com. We may even read your note in a future episode. Talk to you all next week.